Hi, I'm Sam Simon, and I'm the grandpa, and I always think deep. Hi, I'm Emily Simon. I'm the granddaughter, and I'm always wondering, in every conversation we have, why does grandpa always think deep? Good morning, Emily. Good morning, Grandpa. It's good to be with you. Well, it's a short time. You're about to head back to school, right? I am, yeah, on Sunday. So remind me, Grandpa doesn't remember things. What year is this going to be? Junior year. Junior year? That's literally what everyone reacts. I'm like, honestly, I feel the same way. (laughs) But how did this happen? I just, time just did did its thing, I guess. Well, before we get into our topic, is there any deeper thought in your part as to your committed major? Do you have to make any big decisions this year? Oh, um, nope. I think I already picked. I want to do uh, political science and get a master's degree in public policy for the four plus one. Four plus one means what? It means that I can get a major in political science and as an undergrad, I can start to take public policy master's degree classes as an undergrad. So then I only take one year of just master's classes. Now I can graduate a year early with my master's degree in public policy. Ooh. Public administration, not policy. Public administration, they're different. Oh, well, this actually might be really a good topic for us. You had a topic that you had in mind, and maybe this would be really good. Yes, I do have a topic in mind. All righty. So a few days ago in the group chat with my friends, my friend somehow got a hold of his syllabus already. Wild, I don't have any of my syllabi yet for one of his classes, and he sent us a screenshot containing only a portion of the syllabus, but I'll read aloud what he sent us in the syllabus. Please do not misunderstand this warning. I will disrespect you and your ideas and engage in other strategies to shut you up. You must learn to overcome these challenges while maintaining civil discourse, and to do so in the midst of the competitive nature of the class, in parentheses, mirroring the competitive nature of the diplomatic and public spheres. And then in bold and all caps, it says, By staying in this class, you acknowledge and agree to these terms. If you do not agree to these terms, you must drop the class. So, what do you think? Honestly, I kind of really liked it. So, it's a class, obviously, about diplomacy, where you're, like, learning how to be a diplomat. And I really like the idea of a professor who's not just, like, like, teaching people how to think. Lecturing. Not just lecturing, but I think it's more of an interactive type of class. Right. Where it's not just... Everyone is entitled to their opinion. You just have them. It's learning how to think. It's saying, hey, you have an idea of how things should be. Well, I'm going to challenge that idea. And then I want you to go back and make your idea sharper. I want you to refine your thinking and your ideas. I want you to be able to admit when you're wrong and then be able to come up with something better. I think that that is such an important part of learning is being able to be told, hey, here's a flaw in your argument. And then be able to say, oh, I admit I was wrong and to refine it and make it better. I think that's so important. Learning how to do that, learning how to be able to take that kind of criticism and not take it too personally, but to be able to learn and grow from it, I think that's just an important part of learning. And I'm glad to see there's a professor that's doing something like that. Go ahead and do one more time. Well, I'm just, and there's a lot of this is my assumptions too. Remember you one more time. Okay. Please do not misunderstand this warning. I will disrespect you and your ideas and engage in other strategies to shut you up. You must learn to overcome those challenges while maintaining civil discourse and to do so in the midst of the competitive nature of this class, parentheses, mirroring the competitive nature of the diplomatic and public spheres, and parentheses. By staying in this class, you acknowledge and agree to these terms. If you do not agree to these terms, you must drop this class. It would be interesting to be in the class and see how it unfolds. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's like a structure to it. 
I had a wild separate thought okay. while you were reading that, a bit unrelated to it, remembering my career with Ralph Nader. Mm-hmm. Negative options never were a good thing. What do you mean? Well, when you by get, negative option. So when you go online on the computer and you go on the site, sometimes they'll say, these are the terms and conditions, blah, 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 by continuing, you agree to everything we say, or all our terms and conditions. You can choose not to go. Well, either, right. You can't, I say, I want to keep using this thing, but I also don't agree to the terms and conditions. Well, you or perhaps you would like to have a discussion, a civil discussion, and have the other side be willing to change the terms and conditions. The professor, and it would be an interesting, of course, everybody who got that's already registered for the course, correct? Yep. They already made their plans for their junior year, year maybe some other year, but their junior year. And now they're confronted with, I've got to change all my plans, go find another, or subject myself to some personal abuse. When the class was offered, and I guess we don't know this, whether that was explicit or not. Right, right, right. Time, it may be mistimed and unfair. That's true. To That's true. Yeah. Do it in that way. That's apart from the substance of or the value. But there is also something else in this that I hear. It's the suggestion that I'm going to demean you in the process. So, that, so the question is, is that you mentioned this to me when we talked about this earlier. Is the professor actually like genuinely feel that way or is it part of like basically playing a character and teaching you how to deal with the types of people you will encounter as a diplomat? He's warning you that you're going to confront a moment in his class where you're going to feel demeaned. Hmm. I don't have an answer to your question. Right. And it's sort of in advance. If you can't take it, don't come. And there isn't a minor bit or a major bit, I guess you depend on your point of view of arrogance. And it is that I have the capacity to do that. I don't know who you are. I haven't even met you, but I know I can. You know. Yeah. I mean, that, that, well, I mean, presumably he's done it before. I presumably he knows that some people will find it difficult or he wouldn't have the warning. Presumably. I think that's reasonable to consume. Or maybe he's cleared it with his superiors, which would be interesting. I can almost see a major problem with concern about that. So moving on to sort of the substance of it, let me go back to your over your overview. The idea that engaging in real world activities in class or what meaningfully mimic or feel like a real world situation are good ways to learn. I agree with that. Yeah. That's why internships are often encouraged. And it's that he has some ideas of how I'm going to challenge you in a very, I presume there'll be things that's stupid kind of language, which you're not supposed There could be. So what's more interesting to me, and as I thought about this after we talked, some for people listening, Emily had dinner with us at our, her grandmother and my, 57th wedding anniversary dinner at our home. And, you know, maybe we should just talk about this and how do you keep a marriage together? That could be all different podcasts. Yeah, but it could be all about diplomacy. I just teasing there. So I thought about it a little bit. I have a little bit of concern. Do you know the gender of the teacher? Yeah. I mean, I actually had him for a different class. So I think that gets complicated too, the gender part of this. I don't know why it occurred to me, but a man demeaning a woman versus... I mean, if you demean all your students equally, 
Yeah, but in the real world, it's it's more likely that a woman will be in a position where, particularly in the diplomatic world, if it's international diplomacy, where other cultures would have it okay to, or just inherently look down on women. A woman in power. In power, or a woman buried in, much less in power. I think it's a complex question, because how you deal in, let's start with what's the goal of diplomacy? When is it that because there are two levels. There's a well, you could argue there's in both places. Okay. There is an organizational diplomacy. If you're in a position of power within a nation state, within a corporation, within a bureaucracy, how you interact with others may depend on what you want to achieve. That's true. And very true. And having a strategy behind it. Yes. And then there is how to be in the world as a person as a person because and i think the word and the idea there are people who i know who i would consider very diplomatic as people right it's the people who generally don't demean others or people who generally seek to form a consensus is that what you mean i i want to you know what are various other words kind open curious you like to be around share interest yeah. whether they really do or do it for the purpose of the relationship or i'm going to name a name is i i want to do it because i know he's not he's ill at the moment and i'm sure you wouldn't care but there's a guy by the name of bob Bond. Okay. bob worked with me in 1970 went on to teach at american law at american university mm-hmm. for 40 years or so wow a lot a long lot. time and he was head of the faculty for a while and stuff but he would listen, he could understand different points of view and bring people together to achieve the goal of an excellent faculty and you know have good outcomes. That's a particular style. I, I view a diplomat in that word. You know, diplomacy right. is a profession. Right, right, right. It is about relationships with others. Yes. For I should Right to achieve an end. To achieve ends. It sounds like if you're going to be this way in classroom, you're focusing more on the personal level. So if you are, and I'm going to pull this off because if there was this big debate on television, debate, and you had an, a former ambassador, Nikki Haley, yes, on there, and there was a lot of name calling and demeaning and going on, and while she got animated, she seemed to be one able to be focused on what her objective was and not yell and not use demeaning. And there were others. Like directly demeaned others. That were, yeah, right off the bat. I'm the best, you're the worst, and blah, blah, blah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, there is there are so many issues in in your thing because right. it's also the classroom mission. Should you ever do things like that? Right. Well, is that really diplomacy or is it like teaching you how to deal with people who are diplomats in terms of the profession, but don't really act in a diplomatic way. Like the way you described is like moving through the world. It's like, how do you deal with those kinds of people? Yeah, I think this is interesting. It's almost like interpersonal. You know, I was thinking, well, would this be good for debate classes? (laughs) It is also about persuasion. It's also about knowing what you want and having, understanding the best means to achieve it. Yes. And being focused on that. And if you're with somebody, you know, you want to succeed with your teacher. So you have to, I almost want to sit in that class and see him. Oh, that's my friend. I can give you an update. 
Well, no, well, well, why do you think so? If you know that in his game, so there's a chance, if you know that it's game playing, he right. set that out. You can pretty well re manage your emotional reaction. Maybe it's going to be about strategy. And you're like about employing the right strategy. Yeah. It's so interesting that he gives this warning, sort of like, you know, I'm going to hit you. And it's not going to be. He's going to, wait, though, he's verbally going to hit you. I suppose. No, he, he said he's going to burn. Well, that's sad. There are going to be verbal attacks. Now, I, I'm not sure what you get out of that in the game playing as opposed to in the real world. What do you mean? Because if you know it's a game up front, what do you really learn from it? I guess you know that. You know that in real life too, right? Are your relationships with people? You know that they're relationships. and Or is this about how you get what you want? I don't know. It's about learning how to get what you want in the face to people who are willing to be hostile to you, maybe. So there are, is it the loudest person in the room? Is it the meanest person in the room? I suspect if I'm going to be engaged in any, of course, I'm not the good one to speak about that. I'm an emo, I've always been an emotional guy. Mm -hmm. And I would, I've been very reactive. I wonder if you can be taught not to be reactive. I think that's what this class is trying to do, maybe. But I'm going to throw this at you and I'm going to also teach, I'm going to teach you strategies for how to deal with that. Or maybe I'm going to give you experiences. Maybe he does it, teacher does some of his homework and have a sense of what different people might react to. And diplomacy is about overcoming whatever your personal things are and being focused on what you want to achieve, even in the relationship. Yeah. So I have a company. Yeah. I was CEO. Uh-huh. And I never ran business, but I came to understand that's the best way to market your company. That is the best way to keep and grow a client. Yeah. Was to become friendly with client. the client representative, the person who hired you and yeah. was responsible for your relationship. Yeah. It is an interesting strategy. And I suspect in some ways, in everything that might be true, but it means developing trust. Even if you don't like the person. Even if you don't like the person. Yeah. It can become a necessary relationship. And right. You know, it gets into <clears throat> some interesting questions. I'm really curious now about how the classroom's going to play out in this. I think in everyday interpersonal relationships, mm -hmm. even among friends, learning how to listen, acknowledge, notice people, little things about yeah. people. That's how you do a relationship. Be curious. You know, I may have talked to you, and I don't know if this is the same topic. There's a book called Good to Great. I've never heard of it. It's, I think the author was Collins, business teacher, and he profiled great companies, not just good companies, the ones that went from being good to being, being great. Right. And GE was, I think, one of them. There was a big retail company that technology that did go, they got bought up by somebody, but he used them as an example. Then he said, well, and let's look at the CEOs, the people at the top of those companies. Mm -hmm. So what are the leadership traits needed to bring company a good company to a great to company. a great company? And one of the CEOs, and I think it was a, I don't remember, so I won't say it this way, but it was asking questions. One of the CEOs that was profiled and the ideal that this yeah. author had was asking questions. Mm -hmm. And... 
You know, I started trying to do that when I, I was a CEO and trying to make my business. Who are you asking that, questions to? The employee, rather than telling them what to do. How can I help you? Or our mission is this. What's your biggest challenge? What's the biggest challenge for meeting that goal? Goal. Yeah. Or, but yeah, as opposed to I'm the boss, do it my way. It's what is your way? And what, well, why do you look at it that way? Have you thought about that? Yeah. Uh, have you considered that? What are your other resources out there? Where are you going for the information? Right. It makes the employees feel understood. You understand the employee better. You actually do. And you're acknowledging their autonomy by saying, hey, what have you been up to? Well, and it's, a, challenge. And it's a bit of a challenge. It's not saying spoon feeding them answers and go, right. You know, it's treating them as someone who, who has to come up with the right answer rather than go find the right answer. Right. You have the answer within you. In the capacity to figure it out. You have the capacity, right. Yeah, or you should, <laughs> so to speak. But that's also a diplomatic way of doing it. I don't think marching in, and we see it on the national stage. I'm going to use a political example, telling NATO allies that if they don't pony up, they're out, versus having conversations with them on how they can come up to the same level with yeah. others. Implicit in that is that they should, rather than be told. told or giving ultimatums in what works best. Or maybe even, so. but that's on an international basis. I think it also works on the personal level, though, not having to be the loudest in the room, not having to dominate the conversation, not having to get my idea out there always. And is diplomacy always, always style? Is that what he's after, the teacher? Is it maybe. about the style, or is there a substantive part of this? I don't know the answer. I mean, no. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, it interests me to hear your thoughts on diplomacy, the different types of diplomacy. Though you're saying you think it's more effective to not always be the loudest person in the room and have your ideas heard, but to do more like behind-the-scenes work? Well, I guess it also depends on where you're coming from. Are you in a position of power? Or right, right, right. Yeah. And what is it you want to achieve? And isn't, and he doesn't mention it, we haven't even got there, but isn't the most important part of diplomacy is knowing what your opponent wants? I don't know if they're opponents. That's an interesting. The so other actors. The other actor, the other side of the other right. person. Right. Trying to understand is your most important objective, understanding their strategy and needs mm -hmm. and learning. So we go back to the value of questions and study and awareness. I wonder how did this teach us when I do this? Yeah, right. Because in diplomacy, I mean, the most important thing is understanding what the other person wants, and then you can figure out where are our shared goals, and then how like, if you help me do that, I'll help you do the thing you want to do. And so, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, well, no, it is. In law school, yeah. way back when, 67 to 70, they used the Socratic method. Yeah. Okay, what's the Socratic method? The teachers ask you a question. And different classes and different teachers did it differently. And in several of our classes, the teachers were assholes. Oh, God. How's that? For Not a great. Technical phase. Not I great. think your professor there says that's what his model is going to be. And he would demean people. He would channel. And anyone would know that. That's stupid. 
Didn't you do your homework? It's there on page 35, footnote 12, and you didn't read that? Do you think you belong in this class? So in one of our classes, and there weren't that many. Now it sounds like a very good professor. One of our classmates killed themselves. Oh, God. She was someone who was often the object of the teacher's ire, So, but nobody ever pinpointed that. But it's a challenging environment, particularly when there's the power differential. Right. And you have so much at stake and you have nothing to give back. Right. And that's again the problem with this in a teaching environment. What do you mean by give back? If North Korea sends a missile near us, we can send a missile near them. But it's very, if you can't retaliate, it's not retaliate. If you, if they stop selling us, it's a form of retaliation, but it's a, it's a, it's a chess move. Right. And, and I rather retaliate. You're playing chess on it. Actually, that's another interesting either comment back to that is diplomacy chess and moves. And does it matter? Shouldn't you always be well-behaved in making your move? Because he's talking about not being what I consider well-behaved. Yeah, I would agree. So what's the value of the teacher doing that? Well, evidently, there must be people in the world who act like that. That Maybe, you have to deal with them. Do you think that's it? On an interpersonal basis, I've seen it. On an international basis, if you look at your strategic interest in making moves, like diplomacy has been referred to as a chess game, anticipating yes. moves, knowing what you're going to do, what your pieces are on the board, and what you can and can't move. And knowing what the board looks like and what the other side's options are. And what your options are. And your options are. So I wonder what it makes it sound like with this professor's warning I'm talking myself out of thinking that it has any value at all, unless it were a psychology class. <laughs> we're a psychology class. Yeah, well, you know, interpersonal and, you know, learning. You just don't think that countries act like that in the international sphere. I see it more in a corporate and a personal world, and there are people who behave that way and who will demean you. Somebody in our neighborhood, so we have a oh. very small association and this was years ago and I had an idea and the person didn't like it. The person said that's stupid. And that's like being called stupid. And that's just being called stupid. And one option is walk out of the room while one option is to call them stupid. One not and so maybe diplomacy is about the it's more like negotiation strategies. Diplomacy is more suggests more strategic. More strategic than that. Than that, that yeah, yeah. Well, let her call me stupid this time because I'll get it next time. Well, I don't even need to get it. It's the fact that I don't yell at her and build a bigger wall between us. Right. And don't make it worse than it already is. But the situation may agree with you. Maybe even apologize sometimes because you leave the door open to come back and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Act like you learned something from someone. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's your point. It's your point. Or maybe the next time around, mimic their style or their point of view. So if you can see how somebody else sees the world. Right, right, right. And you know what you want. If you can put it into the context of their worldview. And say that they're doing this thing actually helped your objective. No, but if you tell them that, you need to make them be able to see it. Or if you don't tell them that, you don't say See, can't you see this is on the best interest? And they're the people who love blue. And the last time we showed a gray shirt and they didn't buy it. 
the next time we're going to come with a blue shirt. Mm-hmm. And so I thought you might find this one. You might suited, like it better. Or might be more suited to your goal. Yeah. Or, and I think you don't want to talk down. Anyway, it's an interesting challenge, but I mean, there are a couple of things about this warning. In retrospect, if this is given in the syllabus and wasn't part of the description of the course in advance, then I think it should not be done. I think it's harder to opt out at that point. That's right. That there is coercion, maybe not intended, right? Created by the circumstance that's not fair. Right. It should have been a warning, and it could have been. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. But but it should. I think. I think we can agree on that. Right. So that would be one. It can make the class dynamic. I guess. You know, depending on how it's handled. Though the warning is, you're going to feel beat up and bad about this and you're going to be the object of any suggestions from him or maybe there's more to it than that but that he didn't suggest it only of him I guess or explicitly limited it to that maybe classmates will be divided into groups and this group's Thomas and McCullough's you know they'll create a negotiating session and interesting thing so you're not going to take that course. What are your courses? Let's My see. courses are. I'm not. I'm not taking that course. I'm taking. Oh, I don't even. I might switch things around. It remains to be seen. I mean, I picked my courses, but they're not certainly not set in stone yet. So, yeah, well, what, what are they? What are the? Do you remember the drafts? Or you they... remember I, what I picked? I picked one that's an introduction to neuroscience and psychology. I'm not sure if I'm going to take that one. Uh, Hebrew three, a refugee in forced migration, and. Refugees and forced migration is in the headlines these days. Of it certainly is. There's definitely fourth class. What is it? Well, you'll remember that. I'll remember it. Later. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the neurology, and what was the neurology one? Neurology, it's an introduction to neurology and psychology. I might just take a regular psychology course. I don't know. We'll see. There was something about, oh, I met somebody who was a, a speech pathologist and neurology in the Neurology of speech. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Speaking of which, I'm reached over for a New York Times yesterday. I'm showing it. I don't know if I can see it. Yeah. This was the New York Times. It's a stroke silenced her. AI is helping her talk. Oh, wow. And so I'm really interested in that. How artificial intelligence can interpret in brain waves and so cool. know how... The, the words and things that those brainwaves mean to speak. It's crazy. And it, well, it's wonderful, actually, because in... I mean, yeah, it's crazy cool. Like, it's awesome. Well, as somebody who, as you know, has early stage Alzheimer's, and I wrote a play about it in my play without knowing any of this, I said, well, what if there was a chat GPT or AI robot who could speak to the world as I wouldn't have spoken mm-hmm. one day? And here, it's suggesting the possibility that when I lose some level of cognitive capacity to speak, that an AI electric, you know, brainwave interpreter can take those waves and make those words. That's fascinating. Very fascinating. Yeah. So, which is totally unrelated to a professor who's going to maybe be in it, uh, you know, what during his classes <laughs> and challenge. And it's interesting. Does he? And I know if I want to end on this, but. You know, it does make, but it does make me think, does he have a responsibility beyond that warning to know if his students are capable of making 
adequately informed decisions that his actions won't be of psychological harm to them. Right. I mean, there are people. People I, are different, and people have different backgrounds and and physical neurological differences. That's true. And would that be warning enough? Say, well, you know, I may be too tender to do this, or this could cause me a panic attack, and I better not take it. I mean, I think a professor in that situation, it should be obvious when you've taken it too far. It should be, but it, it isn't always. I think. I think you're right. This warning should have been issued much earlier so people have the chance to switch out. And I, I do think that the professor has a certain responsibility to know not to take things too far. Well, okay. Well, well, you know, I think we don't have enough pure information. I think it's an interesting set of issues. It definitely is. It's on a whole. Yes. Well, I think actually, if he's going to be as bad as he implies he's going to be, that one might have provided a list of questions. Have you ever been in therapy? Have you ever seen a psychologist? Do you have a diagnosable mental or yeah. cognitive, uh, not cognitive, it would be a diagnosable emotional or other issue? I should know about that before the class. Says, and have a discussion with that person and be aware of it. I think there's an arrogance of that standing by itself, by the yeah. professor. If it wasn't pre-done and people who might want or need the course didn't have a chance to talk with somebody about it, make sure we're on their own. Yeah. But it's sort of interesting. It's interesting that you're interested in it. Yeah. Uh, I think I think there are some people who are like, oh, I wouldn't like that. I would hate that. That would be terrible for mental health. And I think there's also, I think there's a group of people who's like, yeah, like bring it on. Like let's see what I can take. Like let's, like I'm I'm ready to come at this. I'm ready to attack this. Well, you can be just curious about it. What it's going to be like. I don't know what the options are to, well, I, you know, get and maybe again, it'd be really interesting if you knew people been through it before, so you could go ask questions. Yeah, well, I just think inform, inform in the consumer protection world, it's called an informed consent. Yes, <laughs> yes, you would know much about that. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting because I think that there is there are people who are like, all right, Lila, let's see what I can take. Like, all right, you want to try to demean me? Like, let's use that to make my argument better and see if I can improve my argument to get you so that you won't demean me so I can make an argument that makes you not want to demean me. I think that for that subset of people, it's an, it's an interesting course to offer for them. Of course, it's not for everyone, but I just, I think it's interesting. Do you know the name of the professor? Denemark. E-E-N-E-M-A-R-K. No, 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 two different, one, one, one word, one word. Oh, that's just, that's the last name. I, I don't know his first name. It's okay, it's all right. I'd say like that Professor Denmark University of Delaware. He's definitely certain. Yeah, a lot of people don't like him. If you look at the wall, wait, wait, my professor. Oh, he's not prominent enough for Chad GPT to know about him. Dang, that's kind of a sick burn, honestly. But, but. <laughs> well, we just check Chad GPT. there are any uh, comments or anything we could find about Professor? He's not well known enough for Chad GPT. Dang, that's a, that's a sick burn. Right. <laughs> So send this to somebody in his class today. Well, you know, Professor. You know, You're supposed to mean me. ChatGPT doesn't even know who you are. <laughs> I'm kidding. This has been fun. All of our audience has enjoyed it. We're going to be back in two weeks, and we're we're going to wish people in advance. This is so we're going to have a bit, bit of Jewish stuff. I want to add this at the end. Okay. This is the month of the Luol. Yes. It is a month that, of reflection and love and looking back to figure out how to live a better life and live a more 
diplomatic, generous, kind, but maybe even ethical-like, and make amends for anything you've done this past year. So in advance, Emily, I'm sorry if I've offended you at anything. You, as a grandpa or as a person, I'm sorry. Not. And I'll work hard for next year to do better. And I say the same to you. Okay. So thank you all. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in a couple of weeks.